In 2009, the very first African-American president, Barack Obama, was inaugurated and sworn in as president. On that day, 1.8 million people turned up to watch the inauguration. And that's, it's a poor photo, but 1.8 million people. There's 5 million people in Sydney, right? <laughs> 1.8 million people turned up for his inauguration. In 1953, our Queen, uh, we're a part of the Commonwealth, Australia, um, our Queen, Queen Elizabeth, was inaugurated as the head of the state. Now, I just wanted to show you this video. Um, it's not of the inauguration, but what happens when the Queen moves in London, right? This is what happens when the Queen moves in London. Just watch this real quick clip. Yeah, right. Okay, that might not have been the video, but okay. <laughs> it's all happening. But you, you, the point is this, right? The whole video, that actually, it was the video of the Queen coming in. That's why I'm like, I'm pretty sure there was 30 seconds before that. The streets are lined with people. Like, I remember in um, 1996, I was in Thailand and uh, I was in a mission trip, and we're driving somewhere, and suddenly the police start going down the road and telling everyone, get off the road, get off the road. And we're like, what is going on, right? And we just thought it must be like an ambulance coming in or whatever. And we're off the road, and so we, we park the bus on the side of the road, and we're sitting there. And we sit there for an hour. And we're like, what's going on? What is going on? And then we hear from our tour guide, oh, the king is actually driving through. And so you have to get off the road an hour in advance as the king. So we actually, it was cool because we were sitting there and we watched the king drive past. And it's cool because you don't know where the king is, right? Because it's like 20 of the identical car, right? And we're like, did you see him? Did you see him? Did you see him? You know, you're like, we're doing that, right? And it, it, it was amazing because it was like the king of Thailand just drove past you know that's why when the queen of england when she moves the streets are just made empty that's why when uh, the uh, the american president is inaugurated 1.8 million people turned up to just be a part of what that was and the question is, why the big crowds? Why the big deal? And the answer is, it's because of who that person is. They're the king, the queen. They're the president or the prime minister. Depending on who they are, really does change the way that we respond to them. For example, if you come to my house for dinner, right, I will vacuum I will clean up, we will serve some food, great. That's usually as good as it's going to get. If Barack Obama was to come to my house for dinner, I would vacuum twice. <laughs> you know, the food would be phenomenal. You know, we would garden, we might even buy a new house just to, you know, like, it's hard for us to fathom this, but... But, but you hear my point, depending on who it is, 
that is coming into your house or into your space, your attitude and your perspective changes. Today is what the, the, the Bible calendar calls Palm Sunday. And, and, and today is the day that we kick off what we call Passion Week, the, the week where Jesus enters into Jerusalem and goes towards his death on the cross. For three years, Jesus has been teaching and doing ministry, and, and this is the climax of his life, the final walk to the cross. And that's where we join in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, that's where we've been, um, to read about what Palm Sunday is about. So let's go to Luke chapter 19, sorry, chapter 19, 28 to 34. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. He then approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. Now, Jesus is making his grand approach to the climax of his life. And he's going to make a grand entrance. And yet, we don't see trumpets. We don't see magnificent carriages. But he decides to go in on a donkey, on a colt. A colt is a young male donkey. And the disciples bring the donkey. They lay their cloth on the donkey. And Jesus gets on. Verse 35. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, you've got to use your imagination. You've got to be able to see this in your minds. Jesus rides on a donkey into Jerusalem and we see the crowd. We don't know how big the crowd is, but it's a crowd. And Jesus is on a donkey and he's walking and they're doing two things. They're taking off their jackets they're taking off their cloaks and laying it at the, at the, on the path where the donkey and Jesus are going to go. And they are crying out, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Another version of the Bible says they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. A term used in adoration and to praise as they saw Jesus. They were honoring Jesus. What a mark of respect to lay down your cloak on the path of where Jesus was going to go. These people knew who Jesus was. They had seen the miracles that he had done. They had heard what he had been teaching about the kingdom of God. They knew that Jesus was the king. 
Luke 19, 39 to 40. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There's always party poopers, right? Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to be quiet. And Jesus says, hey, I could tell them to be quiet. But you see these rocks? They will cry out. They will worship me because even they know who I am. Jesus wasn't shy about who he was. He knew who he was. He was the son of God. He was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we see this, this scene. I was, uh, I was in a meeting this week with a, a lady and on Palm Sunday, their church and they used to be in Blacktown, they would, whole church would gather and they would march down the main street of Blacktown with palms to reenact this idea of the celebration of the journey of Jesus to the cross. And I thought, Build Road? <laughs> down to Westfield? I don't know if uh, our church would be ready for that. But you've got to imagine it. Like you've got to use this in your imagination to see the grand entrance of the king. Now, just some, some observations from this passage. The first one was this. This was no accident. Zechariah 9, 9, 10, written 500 years ago, reads this. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. 500 years ago, the prophet Zechariah prophesied this. And we see on Palm Sunday that the prophecy comes true. We see the king, the king of kings, ride down on a donkey. Read the words that it describes this king. Your king comes to you righteous and victorious, and that's who Jesus is. But lowly and riding on a donkey, the humility of the servant king. He will proclaim peace to the nations. And as Jesus rode the donkey into Jerusalem, that's what the crowds cried out. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This was no accident. Second observation, it's who Jesus is. It's who Jesus is. That's why the celebration's there. There are two words that are used specifically to address who Jesus is. The first is found in verse 34. The Lord needs it. The term Lord means one having power and authority over others. And the second word that's used to address Jesus is found in verse 38. Blessed is the King. Who comes in the name of the Lord? The word king is defined as the male ruler of a country. Both these terms, Lord and king, hold great power and status. And that's who Jesus was. He was Lord overall. He was the king. And we see this over and over again. We see his authority over and over again in the life of, and ministry of Jesus. He exercises authority over illness. He exercises authority over, over death. He ruled over demons. He reigned over the weather. 
There is nothing, there was nothing on earth that was greater than the power and the authority that Jesus has. And Zechariah, he describes him as righteous and victorious. That's who he is. That's who Jesus is. But we also see the other side of Jesus, not just the almighty and the all-powerful one that conquers the world, but we see the humble Jesus. Jesus could have easily commanded an army and rode in to declare his rule and reign over the powers of this world, and yet he came through Mary, came as a baby, and even as he rides into Jerusalem, humbly rides in on a donkey. You know, this series has been titled, There's Something About Jesus, and, and that's what we keep coming back to. There's something about Jesus. It, his power and his might is just phenomenal. And yet his humility, it, it's amazing. There's something about who Jesus is. The third observation is the appropriate response. The crowds bowed down. They laid their cloaks on the path and shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to the King. Why? Because they knew who Jesus was. They responded accordingly. Jesus knew who he was. The crowd knew who he was. And Jesus tells us that even nature, even nature knew who he was. And because of this, the response of worship, the response of praise, the exaltation, the honor, that is the appropriate response. Zechariah, he describes the coming of the future king. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Rejoice and shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. The response was appropriate to who Jesus was. He was the king of kings and lord of lords. Now, usually on Palm Sunday, that's where the passage ends. But actually, there's a few more verses that we need to look into that actually mean so much into the story of Palm Sunday. And we see this in verse 41 to 44. Jesus is coming through. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. He cried over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And this is such an interesting part of the story. Jesus rides in and everyone's shouting his name and Jesus sees, he looks over Jerusalem, his final destination, and he weeps and he cries. Why? Because Jerusalem did not recognize the time of God's coming. Another version of Scripture says they missed the coming of God. See, the the people of God, the Jewish people, had been promised a Messiah. A Messiah would come to save them. And so they're waiting for this king. They're waiting for this Messiah. And yet Jesus comes and he cries because they have missed him. 
And even to this day, Jewish people around the world await their king. They await their Messiah. And sadly, sadly, Jesus has come and gone and they have missed him. That's really important for us to understand. Friends, depending on who you say Jesus is, your response to this scripture and to this story will be different. As the disciples recognized Jesus as Lord and King, someone who had power and authority, not not just in the world, but in their life, they recognized that Jesus was the one to worship. Then you respond in worship. Your response is to lay down your life for his purposes, to surrender your thoughts and deeds to him because Jesus is Lord and King. Instead of asking yourself, what do I want to do with my life? You ask, what does my Lord want me to do for him? But if Jesus is not your Lord and King, if Jesus is not um, the King of your life, then your response will be different naturally. Jesus won't be a priority in your life. You won't surrender your life to him. Your life will not revolve around him. And that's just natural. But all of that, all of that comes down to, back to this question, who is Jesus to you? And can I say, for you to recognize there is a big difference, and this is where I'm going to land, and this is what I really believe that God wants to challenge us this morning. There is a big difference for you to say, Jesus is a king. Jesus is a Lord. Versus for you to say, Jesus is my king. And Jesus is my Lord. And depending on that one word, your life will be completely different. If Jesus is just a king or a lord and has no personal relationship or effect on your life, then you know what? You just look at Jesus and go, great, good on you. You know, we, we, we look at the inauguration of, 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 of the presidents and we go, great. We look at even Queen Elizabeth and we go, yeah, great. You know, great. She's the queen. She's, you know. But there is a distance when you say that Jesus is your king and when Jesus is your Lord, then your response is completely different. It has to be different because you're personally invested. You're personally transformed by your king. Not just a king, but your king. See, I wonder this morning as, as we celebrate Easter and as we celebrate Palm Sunday... I wonder for you what your thoughts around Easter even are. Public holiday, a lot of chocolate, long weekends, you know, trips away. Can I tell you, your response in Easter is a direct correlation to whether Jesus is a king or Jesus is your king. You know, it's different when you go to a child's birthday party and when you go to your child's birthday party. 
right? Completely different, right? I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a stage in my life where there are so many birthday parties. And look, and, and you know, I love, especially all of our kids at church, we love you, I love you. I really just don't care about your birthday party. Like, you know, congratulations, you turned two. You know, like, you know, applaud, right? Obviously, you know, it's a big deal to you. You know, it's a big deal collectively, but it's different, right? It's different if it's my kid's birthday. I'm personally invested, right? How about this, right? Even better, like, your birthday, like, I love you all, you know? And you know what? Your birthday is very important. But there's a big difference between celebrating your birthday and celebrating tomorrow my birthday. Tomorrow's my birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. Okay? Can I just say, and Mike's birthday as well. I share, now I have to share my birthday after we came to Berwick because there's a guy who's not only is he older than me, he's better looking than me, he's smarter than me, and he's just better. Now I have to share birthday with him as well, jokes. I'm, I'm very honoured to share birthday with Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Too bad our, our football teams both suck at the moment. <laughs> Can I, I kid you not. You turn up Good Friday morning, you think about Easter this year, right? And your attitude and your perspective is completely going to be based on this question, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? If he's some historical figure that gave you a public holiday, then that's as good as it's going to get. But if he is your king, if he's your Lord, if he's your saviour, if you truly believe that he died on the cross for your sin, not just the sins of the world, for your sin, personal, because he did. He came for you. He came for each of you, whether you know it or not, whether you know him or not, he came for you. And depending on where you sit on that spectrum, your response will be the most accurate response it is. And either it will be one of worship and honour or it will be one where you have missed the Lord. Jesus cries over Jerusalem. He cries over them. And he's like, man, if you only knew who I was and what I bring to you. And I believe that Jesus would do exactly the same thing in our city. That he would look upon our city, he would look upon our nation, he would look upon our, 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 our world and he would cry upon our world because of what some people have missed. That God came and we missed him. You either get it or you don't. And I know a lot of people don't like you know, black and white statements and, you know, you try to be, you know, inclusive. But you know what? I read Palm Sunday. I read the scriptures. I read what Jesus says. And he just says, you either get it or you don't. You either know me or you don't. And it's pretty black and white. But the question for you this morning is this. If you get it, what's your response?
because they've got to be aligned. They will always be aligned. You can't fool it. You can't fool that response. If your response is to honor and worship, not just Jesus as king, but Jesus as your king, then you get it. You get who Jesus is. You get why Jesus is so different and so special. But maybe you're like, I don't really get it. And that's why Easter isn't that big of a deal for me. And I don't, I don't, I'm still trying to work this out. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I'm happy for you to get to know me. And I'd love to get to know you more. To engage in personal relationship. Friends, you either get it or you don't. You either see it or you miss it. And I pray this morning for every single one of us here and everyone who's joining us online, that our eyes would be opened to see the Lord coming on a donkey and that we would respond by laying down our clothes and singing Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest because he is our God, he is our King, and he is our Lord. Amen. Let's pray.